things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. When I heard that, I just want to say, I have my trip to Hawaii. Doesn't that make you want to say something that maybe you're not doing right now? Whatever we say, whatever is out of reach for you, we need to put it into words. That is what God is telling us to do. You need to believe that you can have whatever you say. If you are believing God for a job, for a home, for children, you need to believe God for it. The words that you hear in the morning will linger with you throughout the day. So you need to make sure that they're good, positive words. You want the words that you're saying in the morning to be life-giving to you, to your family, to your friends, your coworkers, everyone you come in contact with. This is not something that I've been able to do my entire life. This is something that I've just learned myself recently. We are a product of our words. We are programmed negatively. What do we watch on TV? You don't feel love gushing out of the TV. You don't hear love coming out of all the songs, unless you play country music. But a lot of the time, you hear garbage. We can't even watch a commercial without having to turn it. You get media blasting you with negative. You get songs blasting you with negative. We need to turn that garbage off and listen to what God says about us. The Bible says in Psalms 1.1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. We need to watch what our eyes and our ears are seeing and hearing. We need to be aware of what our children are seeing and hearing. It is our responsibility as women of God. You do not want to think like the world thinks. The world thinks in defeat, in failure, in destruction. The devil will do anything he can to get you down, and once you're down, keep you down. He will keep his foot on your head if you allow him to. You cannot allow him to. We need to hear what God says about promises in our lives. Our founding pastor, Roger Brewer, pastor, started the church 28 and a half years ago. He used to tell us, back when I was a teenager, that if you have negative thinking or you are speaking negatively, you have stinking thinking. And he would say it over and over again. And here I am, how many years later, repeating it. No stinking thinking. Don't allow it in your mind. Don't allow it in your words. Because as soon as you allow it in your words and you allow your mind to think on those things, that is what comes out in your life. God wants us speaking life into our circumstances, not death. Your circumstances might not be great right now, but you speak life into your circumstances, I guarantee there will be change. You need to do it before you see the change. May the fire and the passion that we have for Jesus come out in our words, our deeds, and our actions. People need to see the love of God in us. They need to see it when we're driving on the road and someone's cutting us off. They need to see it then. There shouldn't be any, 
Any gestures coming out your window? <laughs> Especially if you have a cross on your car. Even in the tough times, you need to make sure that you're acting the way that we should be acting. May our positive thinking and words be contagious. People are gonna wanna be around you. They're gonna wanna be around it because they're gonna feel that love of God coming off of you and permeating from you. They're not gonna know what it is. They're not gonna know why, but they're gonna know that there's something different about you. It's contagious. It's just like negative people. Walk up to somebody, how are you? Fine. How's your day? Good. Everything sucks. You know, who wants to be around that? That's garbage. That can get on you. That garbage can stick on you. You don't want to be around that. You want to be around somebody that's positive, has a good outlook on life, and is confessing God's promises. If your words are speaking sickness, oh, I'm sick. I constantly have migraines. Oh, you wouldn't believe this ache in my back. We all do it. We all do it because there are times I am number one, I will tell you, I have said it over and over again. When something hurts, we talk about it. What God wants us to do is he wants to get your mind renewed with the word of God. So when you're feeling that pain or that ache or, you know, headache from your children screaming all day in the backseat of the car, you are going to be renewing your mind with God's word. There are three things we need to do daily to renew our mind. One, we need to think in line with God's word. That means in the Bible, we need to be looking for what God wants us to be doing in our lives. Number two, we need to talk in line with God's word. Does God say he's going to give you migraines every day of the week and your back's going to hurt and you're not going to be able to get out of the car because you're in so much pain? No, God promises life, wholeness, and health to us. We need to speak it. If you don't feel it and you've got that backache and you've got that migraine, you need to speak it over your body. We have that authority over our bodies. We have that authority over our minds. We need to start speaking it. We are letting that devil come over and lie to us. He is cheating us out of happiness. He is cheating us out of a fulfilled life. No more. You need to say no more. That is not going to happen. Until you get to that point, you're going to have that ache. You're going to have that headache. You're going to have, you've got to start speaking it with your words, even if it's not there yet. You need to speak it. The last thing as we need to believe in line with God's word. If God says I have prosperity, I'm not gonna tell you how poor I am and show you my empty pockets. I'm gonna tell you that I have wealth, I have prosperity. God has blessed my hands. Everything I touch, I will prosper with. We need to speak it over our lives, we need to speak it over our husbands, over their jobs, over our jobs, every day. When I was born, I was in the hospital constantly. And I had bronchitis constantly, I had fevers, I had just labored breathing. My poor parents had to deal with this for a long period of time. I had to be in a croup tent in the hospital with oxygen 
and gamma globin shops, which I don't know what they are, but doesn't sound good anyway. And that is what I had to do throughout the first year of my life. A result of having bronchitis for such a prolonged period of time damaged my heart, and I was a very sickly baby. Well, my parents, in their desperation, sought after God's help for my life. My parents were strong Catholics, and whether you believe me or not, my mom was a Catholic nun in the convent prior to marrying my father. <laughs> a little background there. Uh, but they did not know about healing and the power of their words when I was a baby. They did not know that God had life and life more abundantly for my body. They didn't know that they could pray over me. My mom got invited to a Christian church, and that is when she first learned about the power behind their words and healing. And boy, did they take off from it. They prayed over me daily and spoke life and health into my body, into my lungs. I am here today because of the power of the words that were spoken over me as a baby. They could have given up. They could have just said, well, this is how she's going to live the rest of her life. Thank God for praying parents. Life and death are in the power of our tongue. They could have spoken life and, oh, she's just a sickly child. She is just not going to do well, and she's always had bronchitis, and she's always sick. No, that's not what they said. They said in Isaiah 53, 5, with his stripes, my baby is healed. That is what we need to say over our bodies. We need to speak life and healing over our bodies. The devil, the first place he's going to try and get us down is our body. Why? Because when we're feeling down and we're tired and something hurts, we're not going to pull out the word. We're going to crawl into bed. So if he can get us down and he can make us feel sick and he can make us to where we feel defeated, he is going to hit us in that target area. That is where we need to be bold and strong for God. They believe that when they spoke those words over me, I was healed, and I was. My mom went to the doctor, and she told him, I'm not coming back here anymore for these shots for my baby. I'm not coming back here anymore. The guy thought she was crazy. He said, well, you'll be back. You'll be back. Sure enough, I wasn't. Amen. In Romans 12:2, it says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God does not want us to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed. How do we transform our mind when we're bombarded with garbage all day long? We've got it on the radio. We've got it in our friendships. We've got it at work. We've got it with our children's drama. We've got just a bombardment of drama and garbage all day long. The Word says that if we get into the Word and read the Bible every day, it will renew our mind. It will refresh us. It will give us the perspective on life that He wants us to have. Listening to Pastor Gary's CDs from our message on Sunday, that's another way you can renew your mind. 
I know all you people out there have smartphones, some smartphone of some sort. There is an app on there to where you can put the Bible on there and you can read the Bible on there. You can take the Bible in bed with you. It's just right there. It's so cozy. There's also an app that one of my friends here, in fact, I don't remember who it was, told me about an app that you can put on the iPad. It's the Bible is. I'm sure all of you know it. I just had to find out, you know, just weeks ago. And it reads the Bible to you. It's a free app. You can literally set your phone or whatever in the room you're in while I'm doing my hair, while I'm cooking dinner. You can hear the word and it permeates through your home. That is what you want. Another thing that I think is just of the utmost importance, praise music. Having praise music on in your home, it sets the atmosphere for the Holy Spirit like you would not believe. I homeschool my girls, and there were days where, let me just tell you, thank God for praise music, because homeschooling your own children takes it to a new level. And sometimes there's times where your children don't think you're the teacher and they don't want to listen. And I would put that praise music on and it would dramatically change the entire atmosphere. And it would just bless our home. We are a product of our words. Did you ever stop and think that the Bible teaches that there is health and healing in your tongue? Health and healing in your tongue. The Word of God says the tongue of the wise is health. How many of you want to be wise? I want to be wise. I want health in my body. I want God's best for what he has for me. I talk prosperity. I believe in prosperity, and I speak words of prosperity over my life. You don't want to do the opposite of that because guess what you're going to get? the opposite of it. You do not want to speak poverty over your life. You do not want to speak it over your husband's job, over your job. You speak life. Speak to those mountains for what you want to see happen, and it will happen. I speak health over my body. I believe in health. I speak words of health over my children. I prayed that they would be born with perfect hearts, no problems with their hearts, and they would be healthy. These girls are healthy. When I was in middle school, I started having severe chest pains, and my parents took me to the doctor. And before we could even find out what was going on, they checked my heart, and my parents, regardless of what the doctors were going to say, regardless of what was going to happen, they spoke life and healing over my body. They were not going to take the reports of the doctor. They weren't going to listen to the doom and gloom. Is it important to go to the doctors? Yeah, it's important. You don't want to skip going to the doctors. But you do not have to take that report to heart. You need to take what God says, the creator of your body, and put that in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, and that is what you need to hear. And that is what you need to confess. My parents taught me from a very young age to speak life healing over my body, regardless of how it felt, regardless of what was told to me by the doctors. 
When we line up our words with what God says about our life, about health, about our jobs, about our children, we reap all of the blessings of his words. So what are our words saying? Are they saying, my children are intelligent, my children are the smartest kids in school, my kids are polite, my kids are kind? We need to make sure our words line up with what you want. One of my husband's favorite lines that I get to hear all the time, which is probably because I need to hear it, you need to frame your world with your words. How do I want my world to look? I need to frame my world with my words. What am I speaking? So in our lives, we need to speak life and prosperity over those mountains in our lives. When it seems impossible, because you can't pay the bills, lay your hands on those bills and pray over them. God has promised us the blessings of Abraham. You pray those blessings over those bills. You pay for those bills to be paid off. Bills decrease. Blessing and increase in your life. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. The devil does not like when we use that word. He wants to make sure that we're not using it. So guess what we need to do? We need to use it more because it just makes him mad. We need to use that name above all names. We need to remember to use it for our circumstances. Any circumstance that you're in is overwhelming. From the outside, people might think, well, that's not a big deal. That's just, you know, whatever. To you, it is very overwhelming. God is the only one that can come in and help you overcome this mountain. But you've got to ask him for help. If you do not seek him first, how is he going to know to help? We need to ask him for that help in our time of need. Jesus gives you the power and the authority over the devil. Everyone repeat this after me. Jesus gives me the power. And authority, and authority over the devil. Over the devil. I, will not be defeated I will not be defeated by the lies of the devil. The of the devil. I, have I have authority. We need to not speak words of failure in our lives. Oh, I can't do that. It's so hard. We're not allowed to say that four-letter word in our house. Can't is a four-letter word. That is not allowed to be spoken in our house. I can't do that. I can't. Take it out of your vocabulary. Because what you say is what you're going to get. Don't use it. Lose it. <laughs> Ephesians 4.23. It says, My mind is renewed by the word of God. Therefore, I forbid thoughts of failure and defeat to inhabit my mind. Don't let it in. When you start feeling it sneak up on you of thoughts that you would not normally have, my sister-in-law gave me this great way of getting it out of my mind. At first I thought she was out of her mind. But until I started using it, I realized how smart she was. Every time she would have thoughts of defeat 
or failure, or I'm not good enough, or I'm fat, or I'm this, or I'm that. She would say, those are not my thoughts, and they would leave. I challenge you to use it yourself, because when I first heard her saying it out loud in public, I thought, really? Okay, that's a little different. But guess what? You'll find me saying, those are not my thoughts, because the devil knows he has no dominion over your thoughts. And you need to take authority over those thoughts, and you need to put the devil in his place. Those are not my thoughts. And renew that mind and get that garbage out of there. We need to speak words of success and goals and accomplishments over our lives and over our children. We need to tell them that they're successful, that they can do anything that they put their hands to and they will prosper, that they are number one, that they are not defeated, regardless of what kids at school tell them, regardless of how mean kids at school are. It is something we need to build our children up over. In Deuteronomy 28.8, it says, the Lord has opened unto me his good treasure and blessed the work of my hands. God has blessed the work of our hands. Be diligent workers, and he will bless it. In Deuteron Deuteronomy 28.12, it says, He has commanded the blessings upon me. Did you hear what I said? He's commanded the blessings upon me. He commands them on me. I already have blessings. I just need to ask my Heavenly Father for them. He has them ready for me. He commanded, his, he commanded the blessing upon me in the storehouse and all that I undertake. We need to grab hold of those blessings and take them and run with it. They're already ours. We don't have to ask. They're there. Just tell your Heavenly Father you're ready for them. We recently went on vacation with a group of friends and just had a wonderful time. Well, one of our friends in the group ran out to his car, grabbed his Bible, grabbed what looked like a wadded folded up paper, group of papers to me, and came in and sat down at the table. And I've known this person for probably 15 years, and never once have I heard anything about necessarily the Bible coming out of him, even though he's a good Christian man. But he's just never shared. And he sat down at the table, and he proceeded to tell us how him and his wife got together, and they printed out all of these scriptures of God's promises and God's blessings over their lives and over their finances. And they would pull these scriptures out every single day. And in the beginning, they would just read them out loud over and over again. And after a period of time, he didn't say how long, they started slowly seeing all of those prayers and those blessings that they prayed over their finances start to come to pass. And they were getting so excited about what God has done in their lives. It was just awesome to see. Well, with that, my husband and I were really encouraged. So we came home from our vacation, and that night, my husband got frames, and he got 
uh, cork board. And in the frames, he put this cork board and little pins. And we basically, sorry, uh, Charles and Annette Caps, but we ripped up your book to shreds. <laughs> we highlighted it, we ripped it out, we tore it, and we cut it. And this is a result of it. But I didn't need it in that book. I needed it where I could see it every day. I needed to see God's promises for my life. I need it where I can hand it to my children. My husband thought these were going to stay on the wall because they have a little, no. These haven't been on the wall. They've been in the kitchen. They've been in my bed. They've been in the bedroom. But that's what they were intended for. They were intended to be used. God's words need to be used. They need to come to life. They have power and authority. And we need to use that power and authority. So here I am walking around with my little boards. My family thinks I'm probably crazy. That's okay. God's will is for you to prosper. I have on here the very first one. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. That's 3 John 2. That is what God's plan is for our life, that we prosper and we be in health. He doesn't want us to be sick. He doesn't want us to be feeling down and defeated and beaten. He wants life and godliness coming out of us. Otherwise, how are we effective in this world where people are looking for someone or something out there that is bigger than them? They need God in their lives. It's up to us to bring it to them. We have been given all of the blessings of Abraham. What are we waiting for? We need to take hold of these blessings. We need to tell God, I want the blessings of Abraham. Every day of our lives, we need to tell our children that they have the blessings of Abraham. They're not going to struggle. They're not going to not be able to pay for high school, college, whatever their plans are for their first car. In Jesus' name, we have these blessings. We need to take hold of them. Faith is always expressed in words. Faith must be released in words. Your faith, when you get it in your heart, it's just bubbling up and over, and you can't even keep it inside. It can't even stay contained. You're just going to be coming out of your skin. And that is when you're going to be giving it to others. You need to get it in you so that it's coming out and you're able to release that faith. Because then that faith is action. The faith is action that you can give and is contagious to others. When you speak the words of God, it's your action. What are the words you speak at home? What are the words you speak with your friends? What are the words you speak when you're on the phone with your best friend? And your other best friend was so rude. Can you even believe it? And, oh, my gosh, my head, and this hurts, and that hurts. What are you speaking on the phone? What are you saying in your texts? What are you saying on Facebook? Or maybe we don't want to go there. So whatever you are speaking is either going to be life 
or it's going to be death. You need to watch your words. These everyday words can do three things to you and for you. The words you speak locate you. Where are you with your walk with God? Where are you? Are you on board with God? Are you speaking his word? Are you speaking his promises? Are you saying, didn't remember me. I have all these late bills. I'm sick. The doctor told me that I'm going to have to have surgery. And what are you speaking? Where's your locator? The words you speak fix the landmark of your life. Is your landmark, is it a successful landmark or is it a, or is it a failure landmark? You want the landmark of success. You want all of God's blessings that he has for you. The words you speak affect your spirit, your inward man. When you start speaking it, you might not be feeling it. You might have a fever. You might have all of these things that the doctors have told you wrong. But guess what? When your spirit man gets a hold of that, there is no stopping it. It is going to be on fire for God, and you are going to have to try and force yourself to get back in that bed again because your spirit man is not going to allow you to lay there and have a pity party and tell yourself, woe is me, I just feel terrible, everything hurts, and it does. But we need to speak with authority and power over our bodies every day. Jesus said in Mark 11, 23, he shall have whatsoever he saith. What are you saying? You better be saying good things. Just speak God's promises. They're waiting for you. I'm only telling you this because I waited a long time to get mine. Never, never give up. Take hold of God's promises. Possess it because once you possess it, you are never letting go. You will hold on so tight to that. Mine, mine, mine. You're not letting anybody touch that thing. That's yours. You're not going to let anybody come near it. So dream big. What are we waiting for? Don't dream little. Why are we dreaming little? Dream big. God's got big plans for us. Speak big. If you speak big, even if you feel little, you're going to think big because your inward man is telling you that it's big and that God's promises are coming to fruition. Speak to your mountains. You have authority. Write down your goals and dreams and put them where you can see it. So another thing we did when we came home from that trip, it was a very inspiring trip. We, my husband, uh, made a family goal board for our family. And on here, it might just look like a bunch of random scraps from someone's magazine, but it's not. On here, the most important thing that we have, our number one goal for our family is to love the Lord. And we put these crosses on there to remind us that God is first in our life. Matthew 22, 37 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. When you put God first, blessings are going to pour in. 
Just wait for them. So we all put up something up here that actually was something significant to, you know, a goal or something that we wanted to see come to pass. Um, my 10-year-old daughter Chandler, uh, an aspiring doctor, wanted her own doctor's office. So she went on the computer and printed that out. So this is a little wooden doctor's office, AKA a wooden playhouse. Um, my daughter McKenna uh, would like to have braces. My husband would like land for a vineyard. And uh, apparently he wants a house up in Big Bear now that we've gone. My, my thing that I'm praying for is that I have the finances to be able to complete my doctorate in education. All of us put things up here. Are they attainable right now? No. My daughter doesn't have $2,000 for this little doctor's office. Yeah. I think we'll have to find one cheaper. But she, these are not obtainable to them. This isn't attainable. We can't do this right now on our own. But guess what? God says that we have the blessings of Abraham. And if we have the blessings of Abraham, why are we not asking for it? Why are we not putting these blessings out where we can see it every day? Yours might be a job. It might be a car. It might be health for a grandchild, for a child. It might be, I don't know, health and healing to your body. Whatever it is, if you put it where you can see it, you're going to be praying for it constantly. We have this in our kitchen. So we pass by it. You know, kitchen, my friend told me, is a good place to put it. What other place do you go to 100 times a day? Maybe even your refrigerator. Stick it right there because you're going to see it. So you're going to be reminded constantly of what you're praying over. In Deuteronomy 8.18, it says, But thou shalt remember the Lord my God, for it is he that gives us power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he sware unto the fathers as it is this day. Your faith-filled words are so important, and you need to realize it. In 2 Corinthians 9, 8, it says, My God makes all grace abound toward me in every favor and earthly blessing so that I have all sufficiency for all things and abound to every good work. So if I have all sufficiency, all things, and every good work, I need to just ask my Heavenly Father who adores me Joke in my house, there's a song, and in the song it starts off saying, here I am, Jesus, here I am, your favorite one. I'm sure I'm not saying the words right. So I tease every time that song comes on, and I say, like, oh, here I am, Jesus, your favorite one. And my girls tease me because they're like, what? He's not saying favorite, it's favored. But sure enough, it is favorite. We are Jesus' favorite ones and favored, but we are his favorite ones. He wants to bless us. God promises us life and life more abundantly. The Bible says, fight. In Timothy 6.12, it says that you are supposed to fight the good fight of faith. We're not supposed to be these mamsy-pamsy women that are getting kicked down, stepped on, pushed and ramrodded by the devil. 
We need to be tougher. We need to be stronger. We need to use the authority that your heavenly father has equipped you with to fight the devil and say, no, I am done in Jesus' name. I have authority over you. You need to use that power. Last year, I had walking pneumonia for nine months. So when I'm telling you about the headaches, the backaches, the I know, been there, done that, don't want to do it again. And I'm telling you now, I started out at the doctors once a month. Then I moved to the doctors once a week. Then they loved me so much, they wanted to see me every few days. Did I want to see them? No, I did not. They had to drain my lungs, I had high fevers, and they had to up my heart medication more than any one person should have it. Until I finally cried out, Jesus! And said, no more devil, I will not do this anymore. God has put life into me. God has put healing and wholeness into my body. Until I was fed up, Guess what? I was going to that doctor's visit every day. It got old. So until you are sick and tired of that devil stepping on you, beating you up, telling you're worthless, telling you that you are a failure, that you are not enough, until you are done with it and you say, devil, no more. You have no authority and power over me. You will continue in the same garbage over and over. The devil is only here to still kill and destroy. Do not allow the words of sickness, defeat, and failure to come out of your mouth. Do not accept bad reports from the doctor. If we do not use the power and authority in Jesus, we are defenseless. I started only in my defeat from the devil kicking me down, stepping on me, then running me over backwards, forward, backwards, forward, backwards, forward, did I realize I have got to do something about this. I cannot do this anymore. I don't know how many of you are there, and I don't know how many of you need to hear this, but I just have to tell you, it's not worth it. Turn to God before you get run over six more times, because it's painful. And all it does is make you feel like you're suffocating and you're drowning and you can do nothing about it. I'm here to tell you today that God has given us power and authority and you need to use it. I started out only having the strength laying in my bed to whisper the name of Jesus. So I would just cry out, Jesus. Jesus, if that is all the strength you have right now, that is all you need. Take it one step at a time. Find one verse to stand on. Stand on one promise that God has given you over your life, over your success, over your health. Stand on one verse. Then I started to daily get in the word because God started giving me a little bit of strength. And I started getting madder and madder at that devil and I started taking back the promises that God had given me. I started to 
instead of whispering the name of Jesus, I started calling out the name of Jesus. Jesus. There is power in that name. You have no idea. Jesus. God had promised me life and health and healing in my body. And that is exactly what I was going to have. You have to get mad at that devil and use your authority. I had to speak these faith-filled words, regardless of what the doctors were telling me, that I needed a new heart valve, and there was fluid in my lungs, and I had walking pneumonia. Garbage, don't want to hear it. You need to get to the point where you put up the hand and you say, I'm not listening to it anymore. I will listen to the words of my Heavenly Father, and that is it. Because otherwise, you will be defeated. You will not get yourself out of that funk. I know, been there. You don't want to go there. So after I left the doctor's office with all of this defeat and negative and this wrong, that wrong, I kept building myself up with God's word and God's promises for my life. And now I shout the name Jesus. Shout it. I came from a whisper to a calling to a shouting. God will build you up. God will build up your inner man to where you are shouting. Everybody shout the name with me. Jesus. One more time. Jesus. There is power and authority in that name. If you don't know anything else to say in your time of desperation, you shout that name and the devil will be under your feet. You can stomp him in as many times as you want because you have authority, power, and you reign over him. And you need to take that and run with it. I cannot wait to hear the testimonies that you guys are gonna be coming in and telling Pastor Ann and all of the women about how you have taken your words and you have attacked your mountain, your circumstances in life, and you have made a change for success, for health, for the abundance and the blessings of Abraham in your life. Repeat these words after me. I am successful. I am, successful. I am diligent. I am, diligent. I am, amazing. I am amazing. I am joyful. I am gifted. I am talented. I am beautiful. I am powerful. I am a virtuous woman of God. You tell yourself that every day. You look in the mirror and you're not feeling like a virtuous woman of God. You say it anyway because your spirit man will line up with what God says if you speak it over your life. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time with you. We just thank you for having the power and authority in your name. I pray in Jesus' name that you remind us to use the power and authority every day in our circumstances, in our walk with you. Dear God, I pray in Jesus' name that you remind us that we are not defeated. We are not products of what our parents have said over us or what our friends have said over us or what society has said over us. We thank you that you have given us the ability to prosper and succeed with everything that we put our hands to in our lives. 
Help us to remember to guard our tongue and only speak words of life, health, prosperity, and success over our circumstances. Please remind us that even in our most difficult circumstances, that we can call out your name, Jesus, and run to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.